I'm Andrea Hope, and this is To Mother, episode 30, Crisis and Victory. Hey everyone, this is Andrea Hope, a Baha'i mom and poet, among many other things, and this is my podcast to mother, where I share my reflections and insights about parenting with purpose in the modern world. So I share some quotes from the Baha'i writings that inspire me, some practical tips and resources, and sometimes my poetry. So this episode, we are going to be talking about the theme of crisis and victory and applying that to parenting. I have to admit, uh, I wanted to talk about this theme because of my own struggles that I've been experiencing with just coming back to the United States. You know, obviously, I don't have to say the (laughs) myriad, the very many things that are affecting the United States, the citizens of the United States that feel like they are crises. Um, And so dealing with that and also the minor things in my life about trying to find a place and navigating things with um, my spouse being not an American citizen and all of these transitional issues. I was feeling like I'm going through a stage of crisis and there's also an element of victory in that. When I actually started reading the writings about crisis and victory though, I found that this is the area where I need to learn a lot more about it. So I feel like I've been fairly confident about the other things I've talked about that I'm fairly well read about parenting and children and different aspects of the Baha'i faith, but crisis and victory is really this abstract concept for me that I want to deepen more about. I've read a lot more quotes about it since deciding to do an episode on it, but yeah, there's a lot more to explore there. So there are is a compilation, a compilation of compilations is the book, and one of the compilations is about crisis and victory. A lot of the quotes talk about crisis and victory in terms of the faith. The faith will be under attack, as it has been for many years, most strongly in Iran, and but in other societies as well. That when the faith, the cause of God, becomes more popular or people are more exposed to it, that it will be attacked for its basic principles. There will be lies spread about it because it's really, in essence, challenging so many of the structures that are in place today. It's challenging politics, bipartisan politics. It's challenging capitalism. It's challenging Uh, even the clergy of different religions and some of the ways that we define ourselves as being separate or being better, it's challenging all those things. So, of course, it's going to undergo a lot of stress and difficulties because people who promote those concepts aren't going to just give in easily. Okay, (laughs) let's just give up capitalism or let's just give up prejudice easily. That hasn't been the history, unfortunately, of uh, the human cycle. So it was really humbling to read about that and to think about the history of the faith and how this crisis and victory on a major scale, when you're thinking about persecutions of Baha'is and you're thinking about the House of Justice and the central figures of the faith who were really going against the standards of society and experiencing isolation, alienation, attacks uh, on their personality and their beliefs and all those kinds of things and then to apply that to little old me (laughs) or little young me (laughs) and my parenting and my life it was first nice like just humbling to read about that comparison but I think you know these things work on multiple levels so I think there is an element that I need to learn about in my own life mainly because Growing up and still common in society today, the question about God is, well, if God is so great and so loving, then why would he let 
bad things happen. And if we're being good people, Baha'is are good people, or religious people are good people, then bad things shouldn't happen to them. And that's a very interesting misconception. And I say misconception uh, not to, to think that, oh, I know better than other people do. But if you really look at the facts of religious leaders, it has not been the case that they have gone without struggle and without strife. So if you look at religion, even if you're not religion and you're just looking at religious leaders, they are, to the general person and who, who believes in these different religions, the ultimate story, the ultimate sacrifice of being these virtues, of being loving and patient and kind and searching for truth and being spiritual. And yet they still face so much crisis and so much difficulty in their lives. So if being good was the way to receive good at all times, then that wouldn't even make sense with the actual narrative of the history of religions. For me, the difference as a person who is spiritual and religious is the way that you understand and accept what's happening to you in life. For me, that's the general concept. Like to, For me, life is about trying to develop different understanding and skills and virtues and qualities that make this process more loving and peaceful and safe and unified for everyone. And that is so much about how we treat what happens to us in this world. So that's a very interesting concept in terms of even identifying what is a crisis and what is a victory. Because some things that I'm going to think personally are a crisis, other people are not. You know, someone passes away in your family that you're really close to, that could be a crisis for one person and totally not be a crisis for another person. So, so much of life is about our perspective and how we react to what's going on around us, how optimistic we are, what opportunities we see and act on and what thing negativity we give into and address. And so for me, this idea of crisis and victory is when you do experience this crisis and victory, acknowledging that Maybe it wouldn't be that way for someone else, but it is for me. And the significance for me is still important and valid that this is a crisis for me. And what is my learning in this crisis? And what is my ultimate victory that comes from that? So then when my children also face these challenges, it's going to be different for them. The challenges in their life are going to be different based on their personalities. And then how do I accompany them not to run from or to avoid challenge, but to put the principles in place that when you do come across something that is a challenge for you, that is a crisis for you, you know how to address it. So that's the mind frame that I'm going into this conversation with. And I'm thinking about this from the history of the Baha'i faith. To me, the greatest crisis and victory example would be that Baha'u'llah was exiled from all these different places and he would build a following and really connect with people and then he would be forced to leave and there was great weeping and there was just, you know, injustice and there was so much turmoil for his family having to travel, you know, back then traveling by horseback or walking. The This was long, arduous journeys. It wasn't, you know, you have to leave and catch the next train to the next city. You know, these were very long journeys under harsh conditions, sometimes very cold, sometimes very hot. But the fact that if that crisis didn't happen where he was exiled here and there, then the faith would not have spread in the way that it did. And his resting place wouldn't be in Israel where we as Baha'is have access to it if he had only stayed in Iran 
and his resting place would in Iran, given the current conditions. I mean, we don't know what would happen if the story was was different, really. But given the current conditions, it would be near impossible for the majority of Baha'is to visit the resting place of Baha'u'llah. It could have been destroyed. And so the fact that he was exiled to these different places allowed the faith to have victory and spreading to more people and having more people see with their eyes and understand with their minds and their hearts um, in person this being and be attracted to him. And then just thinking about Christianity, because that's the other faith that I know the most about in terms of uh, growing up in the United States and being around a lot of Christians, I think of the story of Joseph. And I was listening to a pastor talking about the story of Joseph who was sold by his brothers into slavery um, for Egypt. And they were jealous of him because he was the favorite uh, and they sold him. And the pastor was talking about how they meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. So for Joseph, obviously, this is a very difficult situation in life. This is a crisis. You're so close to your father and there's jealousy among your siblings and you get sold into slavery. But the outcome of that, you know, he becomes an official of the Pharaoh and the outcome of his story and the impact that it has on the world, on religion, in the Bible is a victorious one. Yet Joseph had to be able to, in a sense, let go or have some trust in God, have a lot of trust in God in order to take that, which was a legit crisis for him. It wasn't like in his mind, oh, they're being mean to me. No, they legit, legitimately sold you into slavery and still be able to deal with that in a way that led him to his victory. And so, as I said, a lot of the writings that I read about this were talking about the cause of God and the really extreme persecutions but I did read some other writings about crisis and victory that are a bit more personal. And so I want to read something from the Universal House of Justice from a Rizwan message. Let it ever be borne in mind that we earn our victories through test and trial. We turn crisis to the advantage of progress by seizing the opportunity it provides to demonstrate the viability and winning power of our principles. In the onward surge of the cause of God, crisis and victory have always alternated and have ever proven to be the staple of progress. As we savor the triumphs of the holy year, let us not forget the reality of this recurrent experience. Let us also remember that our blessings are equal to our challenges, as repeatedly shown by our glorious history. Beloved friends, do not be dismayed or deterred. Take courage in the security of God's law and ordinances. These are the darkest hours before the break of day. Peace, as promised, will come at night's end. Press on to meet the dawn. I just love this excerpt, especially that last part. It still holds true, and it's still so encouraging to read those words that say, these are the darkest hours before the break of day. I do feel like, when if those were the dark hours, <laughs> then these really feel like the, the dark hours. I guess, you know, in the history of the world, we're still like in the same time frame. We're not at that break of day yet. But to relate this to parenthood, which I think is the big task <laughs> here on to mother to try and understand these writings and these principles in our role as parents, 
I think there's different elements to this. There are the elements of when your child is actually going through a crisis or something that's happening with your child is a crisis for you, if you understand what I mean. So maybe your child has some kind of learning challenge that maybe they're not totally conscious of, but it's a big crisis to you. And then there's the crisis that we have individually as parents to feel like we're offering the best to our children. I felt more in crisis in terms of being able to provide for them as a parent as I'd like to and being able to focus on the role of being a parent in this young stage of their lives given so much that could also suck out my energy. So that's relationships with people. That's the whole transition of us moving to the United States and the transition of trying to apply for a green card for my husband and trying to get settled and all those things. And also the climate of uh, the social action in the United States because I feel strongly that I like that I like to be involved in efforts for social action and community building, just finding the balance of that and feeling like I'm doing it justice. And so that was kind of all those elements that was feeling like, okay, I'm in a crisis situation. I'm not sure what our next steps are going to be. We're putting out effort. We're doing different things, but I'm not sure what our plan is. I'm trying to make a plan, (laughs) but there's a lot of variables that I don't control. And for me, my personality type, that makes me feel like I'm in crisis when I don't know for sure where my kids are going to be sleeping in a couple weeks or I don't know for sure if I'm going to have enough money to pay for this next month, you know, and that's a situation that a lot of Americans are facing right now because of losing their job, because of the effect of the pandemic on the economy. People are in a, in a state of crisis right now. So my living the life tip for this difficult, complex subject is to visualize your victory. That's something that I've been working on lately. How can I visualize the victory in this? When I'm having these experiences that are things that I couldn't necessarily plan for, that are very challenging for me, that affect my ability to be a mom to my children, what is the victory? Can I visualize what victory would look like in this situation? And I personally try to be really realistic with this. It's not like, okay, victory for me would be we have a house and I pay off the house and the car note of all my family members and we have a place that everyone can come and stay and feel comfortable. Well, ideally, that would be really great. I'd love to have a house that's big enough and my mom could stay there and my uncle could come and people could feel that there's always space for them if they need to come over and things like that. And that's a dream. (laughs) You know, that's definitely something that I can pursue. But if I'm thinking more and getting me through these moments as a parent where I feel inadequate or I feel overwhelmed, I try to visualize really realistically what would be my victory in this situation. And sometimes in even looking at what would be the victory for me, I can find that elements of that are already present if that makes sense. (laughs) So one of the ways I might visualize my victory is that I am able to serve other mothers and build community with other people that involve my children. And that's something that I can do even in my uncertainty. I can do it with this podcast. I can do it in reaching out to others and being in a place where you're feeling insecure and you're feeling in crisis. What can give you more understanding of families who are in difficult situations than having been there yourself. 
So that is something for me. Well, I want to serve other families. And ideally for me, I would be a resource to other mothers and to people who are in distress. For me, I want to be a haven for for people. And having experienced myself crisis, having experienced myself uncertainty, financial uncertainty, and yeah, different elements of crisis is actively making me better able to understand and support other women, other mothers, other families. And so crisis can really center you on what is the basic essentials for you for having a happy and fulfilled life. So when you're in crisis, as opposed to when you're feeling pretty stable, that's really when physically your body can start to shut down systems that are not totally essential. (laughs) And then also in your life, you start to realize, okay, What are the essential things that I need to protect because I have limited energy? And when you think about those things, okay, what with my limited energy is most important to me? Then you realize these are really the essential things in my life that make me happy. And so for me, that is my family that's being a resource in the community. And it is my art, my different expressions of art. Whatever circumstances I'm in, those are things that keep coming back to me as, okay, I have to be involved in the art to feel stable. I have to be present with my children and be present with my family members to feel stable. I have to be conscious of what's happening in the community that I'm in and trying to build relationships with people to feel that I'm contributing and that I'm spiritually developing. So that's my (laughs) living the life tip is to visualize your victory. Would love to hear about your understanding of this very abstract concept to me of crisis and victory and what that means to you on a personal level and what that means to you in terms of how you interact with your children, what you consider to be crisis, how you visualize your victory and, you know, yeah, just what that would mean for you. So in relation to that, I always give a resource and my resource this time is to listen actually to another podcast episode. So I would encourage you to listen to a podcast episode on Baha'i Blogcast with Rain Wilson. And that is his interview with Dr. Billy Roberts, who is a longtime therapist, psychologist, and he also started the Black Men's Gathering. And so I'm very inspired by Dr. Billy Roberts. Actually, my poetry book, Will You Break the Silence, was dedicated in part to my uncle and to the Black Men's Gathering, and he contacted me uh, after having heard about it, and that was really wonderful. And just the more I learn about him, the more I'm like, oh, this is a really inspiring person that I want to learn more about. And the reason that I suggested this interview is because he talks about counseling, and I think in terms of crisis, one of the things him and Rain talk about is this idea as a Baha'i that, well, you don't need a counselor and you don't really need professional help because all of the answers to your issues are in the writings. And so there can be this concept, oh, you don't need anything else but the writings, you know. But as humans, we are complex (laughs) beings and there's different circumstances and there's different phases in our life that require different things. And in the writings, it also encourages us to build relationships with competent doctors. And if you are in a crisis where you feel like you can't deal with it on your own or you just are curious about talking about it with someone else, I would encourage you to think about counseling. I know me, I was looking into counseling a few weeks back and I felt that 
I will sign up for counseling and I was looking at the rates and I was like, oh, it's going to be kind of expensive. I was looking into this website called BetterHelp, which tries to make, you know, counseling more flexible and more uh, accessible for people. So I'm looking into that website right now, BetterHelp. And the other thing that was very interesting to me in this interview is when Rain Wilson asked him about having a Baha'i therapist, because I was going to write to <laughs> Dr. Roberts and ask him, you know, how can we find Baha'i-inspired or Baha'i therapists? Because it's kind of hard to find online. I was looking up, there used to be a Baha'i group for mental health professionals professionals but the website's down and I was thinking to ask him you know where where do they get together or who can we ask for advice to find one but in this interview he says you know people come to him with this question quite often and he says what you need is a good therapist because a good therapist doesn't impose perspectives and understanding on you but the good therapist their role is to help you to identify and to understand yourself and so you could be a Baha'i and not be a good therapist because you know that's a skill set so I thought that was just really interesting so I encourage you to learn more about him in general but my resource would be to listen to that episode uh, with Dr. Roberts and I am going to end this episode with one of my poems and I hope this poem will be inspiring to you because it is about seeing the opportunity in your circumstances, whatever they are, and remembering who you are in essence. And I think that that is something crisis brings out of us to really, it really does shake us to our core and, and make us evaluate what are our values. You know, there's a whole, I won't mention them specifically because I don't really watch TV, but I've just heard about a lot of these shows where the whole concept around it is like who are you when you are at your lowest you know when you're at your state of most crisis then who are you and what comes out of that and so as Baha'is as a Baha'i I'm trying to remember who I am regardless of the circumstances and let that be the most important thing and that victory is not earthly victory sometimes it, it can feel like an earthly victory when something wonderful happens like I achieve a goal that's earthly but the greater victory being the spiritual victory of being able to apply these things that are important to me and to uphold these values regardless of the circumstances it's easy to be happy to be loving towards people when they're being nice to you but the real test of all these virtues are crisis they're challenges they're the things that really give us a deeper understanding of what it means to uphold all of these virtues. So this poem is Remember Who You Are by Andrea Hope. Your papa gazed down alleyways and saw vibrant bazaars. Your thoughts can transform empty space. Remember who you are. Your mother gathered spice and herb to treat your every scar. Your heart does feel and hands do heal. Remember who you are. Your sister rose upon her toes. The wind song her guitar. You know the dance of fireflies. Remember who you are. Your brother reached across a rail and caught a fallen star. You too can save a life tonight. Remember who you are. To Mother is an individual initiative and provides only the personal reflections and insights of its creator, that's me. For more information about the Baha'i faith, 
including access to the official writings and contacts for Baha'is in your community, please visit baha'i.org.